When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure, to start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, it is another episode of Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. I'm Shane Bacon, joined... By what I thought was a two-TV room, Max, but it turns out you only have one television behind you. I thought you were rolling a little bit bigger than yeah. you are right now. Unfortunately, uh, it is just the glare, but it also means that this TV is just so massive that it looks like it could potentially <laughs> be two TVs. But yeah, I'm still in Ohio, leaving um, tomorrow morning, so today, as the uh, podcast uh, calendar works, and I will be in Minnesota probably when this when this drops, uh, but kind of glad to get out of here. It's been two weeks is long enough. Uh, not great two <laughs> weeks, but, um, it's been a nice time in Ohio. Got to play Sciota, uh, country club today, which is one of the cooler golf courses, I think in the country. So that was fun, but ready, ready to get, uh, get to Minnesota and start a, a new week with a new opportunity at some, some birdies and some good golf. Uh, I gave my son, Henry, who's 13 months old, a grade last week when we did the podcast as I was headed to vacation in California. Mm. I gave him a grade on his first road trip experience. We just got back today, just got back a couple hours ago and uh, and had a conversation with my wife. And we have uh, up the grade. His his C, was it C minus? Was that it what was it was? C minus. Yeah, he, he gets an A minus on no the return way. trip. No way, most he improved. Was, he was close to an A plus, had a, had a mini meltdown about 45 minutes to home that dropped the grade a little bit, but was was really was kind of John Rom in it, as as they like to say, throughout the ride. And and just unfortunately, uh, his ball actually did move. Henry's ball moved. We had, to, <laughs> we had to put the penalty in for A minus. But uh, all in all, I'd say a, a good week. I was out in, in, in Southern California. My goodness, every time I go there, as you and I have talked about both on the podcast and not, why do we not live there is the question. And uh, it was... It was 65 when we got in the car this morning to leave. Uh, not 65 in Arizona. Yeah, right not now, I'll 65. Tell you that. You're closer to double 65. <laughs> it was, that's right. It was closer to 130 is exactly how it went. But I wanted to get into the week. Um, 
I, I know disappointing for you in terms of, of what happened. And I, I wonder your thoughts as you watch the week unfold. You know, you, you missed the cut by one. And you see the weekend play as treacherous as it played. When you see a golf course that tough, that brutal, is it one of those things for you personally where you think, you know, as we went back to last week's conversation about just making the cut, this felt like a week that if you got through to the weekend, kind of anybody had a chance to do anything because it was so brutal. Felt a little bit like Bay Hill last year, you know, when you put together a couple rounds over the weekend and you hopped, you know, 50, 60 players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the beauty of just really hard golf course, especially when it's firm like it was and fast. Uh, I started Friday afternoon two under, which was seven off of the clubhouse lead, which was most likely going to stay right around there. So the lead was nine. And I thought that if I, you know, shot a couple under, I basically thought, Eve, honestly, if I was within seven going into the weekend, knowing how firm it was going to get, it wouldn't be bad. It wasn't like I was thinking about being staying even for the day. I thought if I right. you know, need to shoot a few under goal was like four under Friday. Um, but yeah, just because you, you didn't feel like you needed to be there's certain weeks. Like I would assume next week I might be speaking out of turn because I haven't been there, um, you know, to see the golf course, but it's last year's scores were super low. Um, those weeks, if you get too far behind, going into the weekend. I'm not saying you can't catch up, but it's a tall task. You are now expected or you need to now shoot two super low rounds in a row, which obviously can happen. That's the whole point of this, but it does help to have, you know, it really, you really need to stay within arm's reach. Whereas in a golf course, it's really hard. Like you just mentioned, you know, you shoot two, three under, uh, you leap because people, the leader can shoot eight to 10 over. I mean, Tony Fino today shot six over. So like you could see a lot of, change even if with john rom although he is you know now the best golfer in the world and and has been for a while but you know you still look at him with a four shot lead like that can evaporate so fast so yeah looking looking ahead when i was on at, at friday like yeah you just think i wasn't obviously thinking just make the cut but it was a week where that you would still be in the golf tournament um for the most part if someone like john maybe wasn't at the top where you kind of knew that the lead you know somebody like like he moved it forward going into, into Sunday, but yeah, uh, Billy Horschel made the cut on the number, uh, got 13th or 12th. And Xander also made the cut on the number. Xander Shoffley made the cut on the number. And he also, he tied Billy. And I think at 12 or 13th, 12th or 13th. So it's obviously they played tremendous golf, uh, for two days in a row, but yeah, that's the cool part about the, the hard golf course and the difficult part. I mean, you, you look at somebody like Tony got to 12 under and ended up at two. Uh, that's pretty shocking and, and, and kind of, um, uh, like a, just a jarring feel because you, you maybe don't do something. You're a little off for like four or five holes and it just, you know, you get jettisoned out of the golf tournament. <laughs> so uh, I personally like watching this more. Um, I think a lot of people do. I'm not completely 100%. This is how it should always be, but I think it's really fun to watch because we become a little too accustomed probably to birdies and, and, and super low scores. So it's fun to see this. It's fun to see creativity, uh, emotion, uh, you know, frustration, and then battling that. And also just like tremendous golf shots do get rewarded. Uh, so that, that's the, uh, you know, that, that's the cool part about, like you said, just, just, if you make the cut, you have a chance. If you play tremendous right. golf on the weekend and you're in 63rd place, you can win that golf tournament. It's going <laughs> to take crazy. a lot, but you can do that. And I think that's really, really cool for, for this week, especially. Yeah. You said you, you don't want it to be like this every week. I, I wrote on, on social media. I know you haven't really been on Twitter much. We'll get to that in a little bit, but you know, I, I said, I, I don't see how anybody could ever dispute. This is way more fun to watch 
for us at home in in terms of the drama. I feel like now you guys are so good at golf that if the course isn't very, very difficult, you know, it, it's conditions, Max. I mean, you, you know this and you can speak on it, but it's conditions. It's golf courses that have firm greens and brutal rough. And and that is what makes the scores balloon. I mean, that's how you can go double, double bogey or, or, or something close like we saw people in and around the lead do over the weekend. And as you said, you know, drop well down the leaderboard. What I like about it, I think now, considering how good you guys are, is when someone has, like, John Rahm's lead today, and, of course, Rahm's lead was was massive at one point. I believe he got up to eight. I was driving, again, listening to it on the XM Series radio. Again, really enjoyed it. Even Cindy mentioned she was a fan of listening to it. Said wow. It was soothing <laughs> to hear. Yeah, but uh, um, I think his lead was at eight at one point. And when you play a golf course that is a typical PGA Tour setup, the it's over it's curtains it's done and what i like about this is there there can be shifts when the course is so tough and the conditions are so tough where it can go from eight to three like it did this weekend and that to me means every event is always exciting down into the last putt for the most part yeah i would say that two shot swings are few and far between nowadays with leaders to, to exactly your point if the golf course is easy it's just so hard for you know the great golfers to make bogeys. Uh, even if you're nervous coming in like a John Rom, he's been there, done that. Like this is like you said, it's curtains. This guy's just a, a world beater, but on this golf course with how difficult it is and how firm it was, it's one of those things where you can make five bogeys in a row because each hole demands something. Um, I would say that there's very few holes out here that, that are easy. Even, you know, for me, uh, for, for my round or my, my two rounds, uh, Friday, you know, I'm within 60 feet, 70 feet of, uh, the hole in two on two par fives and made two doubles. Now, not saying someone that's leading the golf tournament, you know, playing obviously really good golf would do that, but it is there like that. The golf course just doesn't really let up. And those are on two par fives that are, I would say relatively easy holes, com- you know, in comparison to the others. And, so yeah, you see if leads evaporate, but it, it shows it, it it rewards quality. So like let's just say Ryan Palmer makes a birdie on eleven and John makes a, a bogey or a double. Like you're seeing a big jump in this huge lead that is so deserved uh by Palmer for making that 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 birdie. And um, you know, John just did a g- great job of when he did make a mistake, he didn't let it kind of spiral like, you know. I did. And, and a lot of people did during the week. He just like kind of held it together. Um, and again, I mean, he's one of the most talented people you'll ever see. Uh, but he also obviously has a great head on his shoulders, whatever anybody says about his whole emotion thing. That ca- kid, that guy is a, you know, a freak show of a golfer. I mean, he is an it absolute works. talent. Yes. You I know? don't get why it's such a big, <laughs> I mean, it obviously works. Like he is playing amazing. If you freak out after every shot, now it might not be the best look, it might not look the best for people at home, but if you freak out after every single shot, Max, if you slammed your driver as hard as you could slam it after every bad tee shot and still finish top five every week, like, dude, I don't think you got much to change. I mean, unless you really want to do it, I feel like for him, his emotions work, you know, and, and maybe that'll change at some point. But I, I do feel like his outbursts, if you want to call them that, seem more golfery you know I, I mean he's not dragging his feet on the green he's not he's not tearing up a bunker he's the 
instant reaction yeah. guy like so many of us are. And I feel like, I mean, I do that. I do the instant reaction stuff. And so, I mean, I'm not scared to admit the fact that I get frustrated when I hit a bad tee shot right after it, you know. But, I mean, I'm not rubbing my shoes on a green in, in, to react to, to maybe bad conditions like certain golfers out there. I'm just saying I feel like Rom's quote-unquote temper is a part of who he is in, in his golf game. And, you know, I, I was going to ask you this a little bit later, but he's number one in the world now. You mentioned that, Max. Is this guy a little underrated? I, I feel like he might be underrated in terms of the way the golf world speaks about him. Because we get so obsessed with Bryson and what he's doing. You know, JT, think of the golfers. I mean, Morikawa, Victor, all the guys that are really, really young right now coming up. I feel like Rom's almost the forgotten guy, and all of a sudden now he's number one in the world. Yeah, I feel like Rom has uh, unfairly been picked apart, like, for, for not really doing much wrong. To your point, he's got fire. He gets mad. So does... And mostly everybody, I would say 70%. He's on TV a lot more because he's in the top 1% of 1% of the PJ tour. So people kind of pick apart. Oh, you know, every, every week leading into a major, Oh, he's really been working on his mental game. Um, <laughs> always. His emotion, always. And, and I don't know if that's true or not, but either way, like who, what, if I was him, I wouldn't, I would work on the things I need to, I think I need to work on, but slamming a driver on a tee is just an optic bad look. Like it has nothing to do with, in my opinion, has nothing to do with his game. I mean, he's got fire. That's him as a person. You have to play golf as the person you are. Tiger does it a lot too, or did it a lot too. He would slam things, but he'd get it out. And that's his way of doing it. Now, if you don't like that, that's okay. You don't need to like that. He's doing that. I'm not saying that that's like my favorite thing he does, but he's been nitpicked so much about like these little, like many things he does. And, and I think it's just because I guess it's a testament to his talent. It's because people have expected him to win more, even though he's already won four or five times and he doesn't have a major and people expect him to have majors. I mean, he's 24, 25 years old. Like he's just been nitpicked, but it's just a, it's a, it kind of like a, um, it's, it's like these days, like, that's just what you do, I guess. But he, he's really, really, really good. I mean, I was talking to a couple caddies one day about who they thought the most talented player out here was. And, uh, two of them said, uh, Rom, you know, and, and I was like, okay, like, and, and I, I haven't played with everybody. So I was, I was asking like some pretty high, higher up caddies and, and cause they've been around everybody, you know, I thought, I thought the consensus was Rory and now I've played with Rory and John and, and I mean, they are both Rom's is different. I think Rom has the firepower. Um, he obviously has the mental, but so does, so does, so does Rory. Like they want to be the best, but John's short game and his, his putting are very, very good. His short game is, you know, it gets compared to Seve quite a bit, but it actually really is, um, you know, from, from all the stories I hear about Seve, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, Phil Mickelson has really commended him for that. But yeah, John, I, I can remember one shot John hit where I was like, holy cow, this guy's even better than, you know, I thought. And I thought he was, you know, <laughs> something else been playing with them since college, but he plays a pretty, he predominantly plays a cut. And he hits it really freaking hard. Uh, and we get out to Beth Page Black uh, for the PGA last year, and we're playing a practice round. And you know, first holes, dog leg, little like dog leg right, and he hits his high perfect cut. But that's what you expect. And we get to two, and two is a very awkward hole, very small fairway, very demanding fairway. If you miss it, you have a hard time getting to the green. But it's a very severe dog leg left. Um, and usually you would hit like a three wood. 
Uh, I struggled to draw the ball with like a driver, so I would never hit driver, but you could. And some people, you know, would hit a hybrid or three iron just to make curving the ball right to left completely out of out of the question. You don't have to. You could hit a straight ball. We got a half waggle, three wood, and hit this like five, ten yard draw, like shaped the hole perfectly. And it was smoke, but it was just it's it's just that. It's the eye test. Like the way that ball drew was so tight and controlled. It wasn't just a draw. Like that thing was started where he thought it would and finished where he thought it would. And it was gorgeous. And this is coming from a guy who I thought just played a cut. That's my point. Like people have that tight shot, but he's got it both ways. And he smashes it. And he's a good putter. And he's like 25 years old. So I would, I don't know if he's underrated, um, you know, but I do think that uh, I think the media probably has a bit more bias on uh, most Americans than they do the international just being in America. I would guess a little bit. He plays quite a bit. He's had unbelievable success overseas. You know, last year's Rolex series, he like dominated, was averaging like a fourth place finish or something crazy. But uh, I just think that he's been nitpicked. I think that his amateur career was like too good is is up there with the, you know, Jordan Spieth's types like uh uh like infamy coming out and Jordan won majors right away and no knock on John. He's going to win a bunch of them, but like, maybe that's why he's just been kind of like ridicule is the wrong word, but he's just like, you know, that everything is about his attitude. Like he's done incredible things already and he has so much further to go. Like this goes to the Tony thing. Like Tony Fino hasn't won yet. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's like Tony has so much golf to be played. Like at the end of his career, he's probably going to have so many. You didn't even think about like, all of this. So why don't you just like, let it breathe. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm fairly friendly with John and, and I, I'm a humongous fan of his golf game. So it's just annoying to continue to hear the same things harped about him when he's, he's doing amazing things in the game of golf. And it's nice to see him win a humongous event against, I think it was the best field in the history of like PJ tour regular season events. Yeah. So real quick, just so people, I mean, cause you said you, you talked about his amateur career, his collegiate career. And, and I just, for people that maybe don't know a ton about John Rom, or maybe they don't know a ton about John Rom's career before he turned professional. He won 11 times in college, uh, <laughs> second ever in Arizona state behind Phil Mickelson, who won 16. And Jeez. that was, you know, back in the early nineties. So That's a little crazy. different. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> he won the bit. He won the Ben Hogan award in 2015 and 16. He's the first person that's ever won it twice in a row. Uh, and, uh, and he was number one, I think he was number one ranked in the world for something like 60 weeks, yeah, which might be the most weeks. all time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and as, as an amateur. And I remember, you know, we did that U S amateur at Fox in 2015 when he was the number one ranked amateur. That was the one that Bryson went on to win. So talk about a couple of guys we followed. I think he made it to the corners quarters there, but he turned pro after the Oakmont U S open max. He finished top 25 at Oakmont low amateur, of course, turned pro Finish. I think he finished tied th- three the next week in his first professional event. <laughs> and, and, you know, you talk about four PGA Tour wins is quote-unquote only how many he has. He has 11 pro wins already. He wins the Irish Open twice. He's won that, you know, end-of-season DP event on the European Tour-wise. He was European Tour Golfer of the Year in 2019. I mean, I, I know I say underrated. I'm, I more talk about the idea of, as you said, kind of the names that get thrown around, I feel like, all the time. I just for whatever reason, feel like Rom's and, and I think I do this. I feel like Rom sometimes is left off that list or that grouping of players that when you're spitting out four guys, you almost forget Rom sometimes. And I feel like now, especially 
with what he's done and where he's ranked. He probably needs to be leading that list. It's almost the Brooks Kepka thing where, you know, the Kepka got mad when we didn't air him on that commercial that one time at the U.S. Open. You're like, well, you're on one of the commercials, just so you know. But, you know, he, you can get forgotten sometimes because you're just so good. It's almost not that exciting. And I feel like Rom is so good. And I think this, a little bit like we said last week with Morikawa's win and a half, I could see this propelling him in those majors because it felt so much like a major, you know? I totally agree. I think this this definitely feels or felt like a major. Um, and, you know, coming out on top has to be a huge confidence boost. Um, even for someone like John, who's had tons of success, I think this stuff still helps, you know, make him feel even even more ready to take on, you know, whatever the next major would be. Uh, but yeah, um, the guy isn't talked about a lot. I guess I also don't think that, you know, we look at European tour events uh, and wins. I mean, like enough when we're thinking about somebody. So like, like he, typically you're like, Oh, this is his fourth win. It's like, yeah, he's also won like some humongous events <laughs> overseas, you know? And, and yeah, they're not our flagship events, but they're other countries flagship events that he's dominated. I mean, he's gone to Spain and won the Spanish open. That's gotta be really hard. That, I mean, he's the, you know, king of spain right now or the prince behind sergio um so like that's those are big deals but i i totally agree with you i mean when when i this week when i heard that there were so many people that could get to number one in the world i was pretty shocked maybe just because we get lazy and start thinking oh it's you know we know it's rory and it's probably brooks and then i realized it's like holy cow there's you know john's right there and jt's obviously right there and webb's right there and all of a sudden you're like wow this is i hadn't thought about john Romby number one in the world since I think a year or so ago, if he would have like topped something at Tory, I remember that was like a topic and I was, you know, in my head, like kind of rooting for him because I know how bad he's wanted it. And I thought that would be pretty cool doing it, uh, you know, in San Diego. At, and of course, he had won at before. And I was like, wow, you know, like, but I hadn't heard, heard about him being number one in the world in a while. And maybe that's just, you know, like, again, it's just that we get so used to just saying one person's name, two people, two people's names. Um, but yeah, it's a tight race at the top. It's, I like when it gets like this, it's fun. You, you have a lot of people battling for number one in the world. Um, and it kind of will interchange quickly here and there. Uh, but then you'll get one guy to kind of stick with it for a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Rory, but, uh, John Rom, but I wouldn't also be surprised if this kind of lights a little fire under Rory. Um, you know, once these majors come around too, and, and there's another guy, I think, uh, you know, I think Brooks likes the majors and we're getting about that time. So <laughs> he might make another, uh, another charge at him uh, pretty soon, but it's fun. It's a good time for golf. Uh, you have people like Morikawa winning last week and John Rahm winning this week. Webb Simpson winning three weeks ago, Daniel Berger. I mean, we have some heavy hitters winning golf tournaments. So it's been a lot of fun. I think for the viewers to watch, we have to stop getting these rain delays so I can go to sleep at a, at a normal time, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's cool to cool to watch at least. Yeah, I got a question for you. Going back to the temper thing real quick. Have you ever played with a guy in any professional event that never got upset? Like not just didn't even get, not upset, but just like didn't even have a moment of, <sighs> or like, have you ever played with somebody that just is a complete dial tone? Webb Simpson is very, very <laughs> close. Joe says that it's uh, he has plus four strokes gained attitude every round he plays. <laughs> Uh, Charles Howell, uh, maybe it's just because he shoots four under every day, but he never, <laughs> I've never seen him like have a little moment, but I mean, 
I've also never seen like I I was joking with Michael Kim about this the other day when we were playing a practice round last week. Uh my coach, I have a I had a really bad attitude in college, uh, especially junior golf, but in college for my first couple of years, and my coach would get on me. And like, I mean, it all came out this week. I was a baby on the golf course all Friday and it's stuff that I've worked on, but it'll come up. And when it comes up, it's typically on golf courses that are very difficult. Like this one where you just like, don't feel like you're doing a lot that bad. And the golf course is just beating your head against a wall. And so I'll say that when I play with Charles Howell, let's just say, and he shoots his ho-hum three under, which he's done every time I've ever played with him. <laughs> maybe I'm not getting a grasp of, of his frustration because to the story about Michael, my coach told me like, why don't you just watch Michael? Michael has such a great attitude. He never gets mad. And I and was like, coach, he hasn't got outside top 10 this whole season. Like what would there be to be mad about? So I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll listen to coach or whatever, you know, you got to. So I, I'm watching Michael and I'm like, yeah, he doesn't get mad. But like, then again, like what the hell would he get mad about? Like, you know, it's hard to like balance. And <laughs> finally I played with him in a round at pasta tiempo, hard golf course, not a course that you just go out and, and run over. And the course beat the hell out of him for the first like nine holes. And he's mother F in the world and getting mad. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, good golf <laughs> makes it easy not to be mad. It also goes back to the John thing that drives me nuts with the commentators. It's like his attitude has been so great. Like, that's why he's leading. No, he's leading. That's why and he hasn't had great. any. No one gets mad when they're leading. Like, that's right. the point. Like, that's I, I don't just get mad if I if I make a 30 footer. Like, that's never, no one's ever done that. So, like, it's just a hard thing. So, yeah. So I guess it would be interesting to see someone like a web, although web web is he is he is notorious for not getting mad like so that that he might be a guy but you see flatliners but i could hear him under their breath i mean <laughs> there's guys that you're like oh man that guy's like a robot and then you like walk next and you're like you're so mad right now <laughs> you're just, like not showing anything so <laughs> there's that too but um I, I i've always been a let it out guy if it, i haven't let it out i'm not proud of that but um I was glad there are no fans this week because people would have gotten on my case uh, just <laughs> like they should have. And I guess, you know, to the ROM or to people just getting mad, like that's something I don't blame people for getting on about. But at some point, it's like, I don't know. It, think of it, a new storyline. Yeah, it's the new. Think of a new storyline. It's a bad look, but like. Let the guy live a little bit. I mean, he's also on TV a ton, which goes to the stupid freaking golf ball moving thing that happened today. Do you mind expanding a little on that? I, well, yeah. I saw it. I like I was almost home when I when it all went down. Yeah. So I watched like, you know, not a ton of golf this weekend, but a little like a little bit today. I watched like the last three or four holes and, you know, it's getting kind of interesting there. I don't remember what if Ron was up three or four, but it was getting kind of interesting. And, to, you know, 16 through 18 are really hard. I, I don't think that with a lead, you know, you're probably not going to take on too much risk to make a, a double or something, but you could, I mean, 18, you could pull it left 17, you, know, you could get a bad lie and 16, you know, there's a million different issues, but for the most part, you could see, I, I thought that there needed to be a two shot swing. Ryan Palmer hits it, you know, a pretty gets pretty lucky with his tee shot comes up short of the hole as a easy, either putt or chip simply because it's going uphill and Rom hits it long left, like worst place you could hit it really for, for the situation. So I'm like, Holy cow, we're going to have a two shot swing. This is a ball, you know, uh, uh, a golf tournament again. And you know, John has this chip lie looks really, really good and he puts his club behind the ball and they have this camera angle that's zoomed way way in on the club and the golf ball and i knew just from watching enough golf i knew that this is like 
you could always find something wrong with this. Like, I feel like, like whether it's your eyes being weird or the, the rough the, being optical illusion or the ball actually moving a little bit, like you're going to find something wrong. And I'm not condoning if you do doing that and the ball actually moving and you saying that it didn't. But my point is, is it's very, very difficult for a player to see that happen because typically you're looking at the target while your club is kind of, when you're, when you're getting ready to hit or whatever, when you're feeling things out and sometimes you look down, but it's also hard to tell if the ball moves because the rough typically holds the ball up. So every, anytime you move, like it kind of oscillates, like it gets back to its resting spot, but it oscillates. So I hated that they had that camera angle, whatever. John hits like an unbelievable chip, like cannot explain how hard that shot is, especially given the moment. And he makes a two and you're, crazy i thought multiple things were awesome about it and hilarious one that he gives a big you know shout come on like super cool but like falls so flat when there's just <laughs> nobody else cheering the commentators to no fault of their own i don't know how they would have done it anyways could not have seemed more uninterested in a moment that was so big but i just think that that's where we miss fans like fans bring it out of the commentating like jim nance can't do his big call faldo can't do his big call John's come on is so much more audible, but it almost comes off like awkward, just like JT's did last week when he made that bomb. It's just like, it's such a weird bubble. It's kind of been, we finally have had these two moments like with, without fans. We're like, yeah, like this is, it's kind of lame without them. Like a tiger fist bump is a tiger fist bump because a thousand people scream for it, whatever. So that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, so, you know, like we had to 17 or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, John's up like four at this point, the golf tournament's over and the commentators are like, Oh man. And then they go back and they go back to this replay and they're like, see, see this. And now Fowler's breaking down. If the golf ball moved one dimple, two dimples or no dimples uh, backwards. Um, Nance is asking, you know, all the questions about how many strokes would this be? Do you really think it moved? Fowler's kind of trying to be like this. No, Fowler didn't. Somebody was trying to say like, you know, this doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, this is so dumb that this is <laughs> a thing basically, but like without saying it. And so, yeah, so multiple thoughts about this. One, uh, it is, again, going to the silliness of golf. It is crazy to me to think that the best golfer in the whole world is walking up 18 not knowing how many he's winning by <laughs> the last hole. We've been here for six days. We've been, You've been here for two for weeks, four... Max. Yeah, You've been, been here for, here for two, two weeks, weeks, bro. We're playing for four <laughs> rounds and you've played 71 holes and you think you're up four and you're up two. Like what a stupid game. Like there needs to be a pause timeout. Like even when you look back at Oakmont, like DJ is playing holes while they are coming in and off on and off. The golf no course, idea telling where he's him at. That he might or might not like just continuing to tell him. So, so that's so silly. Uh, you know, Amanda uh, Balionis interviewed him, asked him about it. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, yeah, like, of course you don't. Like I would, if you, if you filmed everybody that close on every single chip, I'm assuming again, no one is trying to do this. I am assuming that a ball has moved a dimple or two and we haven't noticed, you know, like that's just, I, I it has to be quite often that that happens. How often do you think four 10 handicaps playing 18 holes, move a ball, when they're playing golf just with their pals. I mean, it's got to be like. Like twice around yeah, each player. I was going to say like five <laughs> times between all of them. Like, you know, <laughs> they just, it has to. Because, and like, I don't know. Like, so so my point isn't like, oh, just like a ball. Like the rule is stupid. Uh, like, of course it's not. You can't move the ball. But like, okay. The anchoring rule is all intent based. Um, So if you 
think someone is anchoring their putter against their chest or their stomach, and they say, I did not intend to, is not a penalty. In my opinion, that is a horrifically worded rule because just because I don't even need to get into it. That's listen, I think you could just lay it right there. That I'm with you on that. So in this, in this one, in this case, and I'll even go back to Dustin Johnson at Oakmont. Dustin Johnson's ball moved backwards, like a half an inch backwards <laughs> away from the hole, not in a better spot, worse. And he's like, yeah, I didn't do it. And they're like, you know, I think you did. It's like, but I didn't intend to. It's like, oh, uh, no, that only works with like if you're trying to like cheat or not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you intended to cheat or not. Now you're in trouble. In this case, it's like, no, you have to take the penalty because it's quite simple. Uh, you're, it's 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 highly likely that the gravity of of your putter like moved the ball like a millimeter away from the hole. Like that's just so dumb. So in this case, you know, same thing with John, like obviously not intending to move the ball. The ball does and it's not a worse get a better lie. lie. It's yeah, a worse I mean, lie. It, yeah, if anything, it's worse. It's not better. It is It is almost the exact dead same. If I'm I'm listening to this golf, listening to them argue, if a golf ball moved one dimple, two dimples, or no dimples, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, no wonder people hate this game at times. Like, this is so nauseating. That goes back to, to I think, DJ Pie always brings this up, and I know we bring him up on the pot a lot, but he makes a lot of good points. He always says, you know, if, if someone just turned on golf that didn't watch golf, at this exact moment, how many seconds would they stay on? They'd go, well, this is ridiculous. And they would just turn it off. Like it, it is the, 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 you know, the naked eye, we dealt with this at court of all, we dealt with this at Oakmont. I mean, a golfer, as you put it, has a really hard time knowing if a ball moves a millimeter, the cameras that every network has are amazing. They're really, really great. You know, you know, like a pilot landing a plane, I guarantee you the that all of the mechanisms within the plane and in the cockpit have a way better idea of how close that plane is to the ground than the pilot's hands do. You know, for He's sure. Like, oh, I'm at least two feet, probably right. <laughs> is that sure. right? You're like, no, nah, I just trust. Can you just trust the the computer and we'll land and be good to go? We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Did you get a chance to ask uh, Phil Mickelson about our nickname idea? I did, man. I didn't see Come him like on, this Max. whole. I didn't get to see him this whole week. I wasn't there long enough to see him. Uh, although I will say, I think he listened to the pod because when he put it from like eighty yards away today, uh, I'm pretty sure he was thinking in his head that you know <laughs> my name's Maverick. I'm doing whatever the hell I want. He was on full. I think he was trolling the PJ Tour for the course being too hard or something. He laid up on sixteen. I saw uh, that. I mean, the guy hasn't laid up with like a forward from eight inch rough in years, and he decides <laughs> that sixteen, the par three, is the time uh he was putting his coffee mug on the putting green while he putt, which well. was just a, that is an all-time senior tour move like he is full he was full like leaning into it today uh and then yeah he putted on 13 from uh like 80 yards and then took a full swing flop on the next one and made just the most fill par ever but no i didn't get to ask him <laughs> about the nickname i will ask him soon um because i th- actually think he'll like it it's a pretty cool nickname it's like an alpha nickname. That's why it's he'll like such it. an alpha nickname. Yeah, he'd be all into it. He'd capitalize the V. He'll probably market to M for Mickelson and Maverick. I'd be honored. That'd be awesome. Um, Sam, uh, Sam had a question for you that I thought was relevant, not for this week, but just because I feel like when you're so close to it all coming together, the question is, any chance on the pod you could discuss what quote unquote being off is like for a professional golfer? You know, we watch you guys hit it on the range or play and it all looks so good. What's the difference in just being a little off versus when you're just super locked in in in, in your your terms personally? Yeah, my yeah, good point. I can't, I don't know about everybody. I'm sure everyone has their different levels. Um for me, um I have not been putting it great. It feels okay. I am not marrying speed to line very well. So sometimes I read the putts well and it doesn't feel right in my feet. So I bash it through the break. Um, sometimes the opposite. It feels it feels uh, good and I hit a good putt and it's not the right read. So it's just like very frustrating um, in that in that sense. And in golf, especially when you're playing courses like this, but just in general, like you need to be bailed out by your putter here and there. You got to make a few putts. The first day I put it pretty well. I made all my like little six footers or whatever. And, you know, kind of bail myself out on a day, not bail myself out, but cause I played well, but like I made the most of a day for the most part, I missed one or two here and there, but like for the most part, I put it pretty well. And then the second day, you know, I go out there and my swing for like the last month or so, or maybe even more, I just struggle with face rotation uh, through impact. So with my long step, so I have a lot of flip 
uh, and it's a lot of timing. And I've been trying to look at this positively. I must be really freaking good at this if I if I can still. I think I was strokes gain off the tee like pretty high this week, like did well. But a lot of it is fine, and a lot of it is like a scary feeling because I don't feel like I'm. I don't hit out of the middle of the face a lot, and it just doesn't. Like my coach says it best. It doesn't like. It doesn't feel hopeful when you do that you don't go into the next shot with a whole lot of confidence and now my irons have still been really really flush and really solid but again too much face rotation has leaked into that too and it just becomes like a little bit off all over the place but it also just you know at times feels hard you start making bad decisions based off of maybe you haven't made a putt outside of 20 feet in a while so you feel like you need to be more aggressive golf course is too hard to do that like i said i made two bogeys inside of you know, one inside of 50 feet, one inside of like 30 yards. Uh, and I'll go to that. This was my toughest on-course decision. And the crazy part about this one is the third option I didn't even think of while I was playing. And this kind of goes to what's difficult when you're a little off. So, uh, you know, get to five. The second day, I think I was eat, eat, was I even? Yeah, I was even for the day, 200 for the tournament. So hanging in there. Uh, I did a poor job of assessing the day. The weather was really good. So I thought the scores were going to be a lot lower. They weren't because the day before it was windy and they were super high. Whatever. That's kind of like in the back of my brain. Well, I hit a, you know, decent tee shot down the middle on five. I rip a four iron. I miss it a little again, goes back to just being a little bit off, but it was all right. I missed it kind of where you needed to if you're going to miss it because there's water short of the green. So I miss right, whatever. I'm not in a very good spot. I have a decent lie, heavy rough, but decent lie. But Muirfield is so great because I don't care even if it wasn't firm like it was last week. It was fairly soft. If you are on a spot, there, there's pins you can't get it close to. I mean, I'm talking 15 feet would be a good shot. 12 feet would be a good shot. So Joe and I are talking about whether we should hit a flop shot over the kind of the corner of the bunker, land it kind of pretty close to the pin. And we thought it would just run by like 12 feet. Uh, the other option was to bump uh, a shot into the rough, take a hop up. That one I thought could go very close, but it also could have hit the hit the rough and kick back into the bunker, which now I'm left with the same difficult shot I had before uh, as far as like the angle to the pin. So uh, he asked me a great question. He said, which one feels safer, the best miss? And I said, I think the high one does because I thought the high one Worst case scenario, flies a little far, just runs over into the rough because the low one needed to be really, really perfect. And the grain was working into it, um, into me. So if it up by the green, so if it hits it, I thought I thought it was going backwards all day. So I go with the flop shot. The hosel gets grabbed by the rough thing. I go into the far bunker long, and now I have a really screwy bunker shot. And I hit that out a little long and miss a uh, have a bad lie in the rough, kind of stub it a little bit, whatever. I make double. Well, the, the it was the hardest decision because of obviously that thought process. And third of all, I should have chipped it to 30 feet and just said, right. what are you doing? But I did not assess this day well enough at all. I did not assess the lie well enough at all. I was not honest with myself at all or Joe. I did him a disservice by not saying that, man, like both of these shots feel really difficult. Um, and I, I got to, to answer Sam's question. I also got beat down by the fact that making birdies for me lately has been difficult because I can't make a damn putt. 
So I'm thinking I need to hit this thing as close as I can all the time. And five is a par five. And this is an easy right. one. And you hit two pretty good shots. And like, of course you got to birdie this. hole. It's like, you don't man. Like we just looked at it. you don't like, you don't need to birdie any hole out here. You needed to make, I don't know what John shot nine or you mean to make nine birdies this week. Like, come on, like you don't need to force it, but I forced it and I made a double and it's like, man, like that's where golf feels difficult. Does my physical game feel bad? Hell no. It feels fine. Like I went out today at Sciota and I'm nitpicking all these things. And I probably shot four under, like I played fine. Like when I stopped nitpicking, I just look at like the grand scheme of it. I'm like, yeah, you're hitting it fine. Like, are we really going to like, break it down this what what i started doing this week is i'm keeping like a little like weekly thoughts journal basically about where i'm wasting shots being an idiot because i've now missed uh, the five terms i've played i've missed three cuts by one and one by two and made the other one so it's like what you know you you got to stop being a dummy but that's where that, that that's the long answer to it, it feels off in the physical game a little bit but it's not like my putting my, my ball is not rolling awesome on the putting green it's just Little things here and there, a little off. I'm missing it too many short ones, but whatever. I think that's going to get back. That one's feeling the closest of all of them. The driver, again, feels kind of the worst of my whole game, and I'm driving it pretty well. So, like, that's not that far off. My irons, as bad as I'll ever hit my iron or feel about my irons, uh, is still better than most people out here who will hit their irons on average. So, like, that doesn't ever worry me. And my game doesn't, or my irons don't feel nearly like that bad. They just haven't been like super rock solid in the last couple of weeks, but they've been good. Uh, and my short game is finally like good, good again. It's just, I had a couple, again, Muirfield's hard around the greens, man. Like, you get punished. So, I got punished, but that's what it is. It's just a, it's a, it's a combination of all those things. So, I could look at it pessimistically and say, man, everything's a little bit off. And that's what I said for two days. And my wife has been screaming at me to stop being <laughs> a baby. Um, and I could look at it optimistically and say, man, all these things are a little bit off. And I'm still, you know, three dumb decisions away from this week from being like, I should have been literally four to five better on Friday, just between the ears. I had a horrible attitude. I was being a baby all day. I was having a fit here and there. My attitude stunk until like the last two holes where I like got it together a little bit, but it was too late because I had worn myself down, but that's what being a little bit off is. And that's what being a little bit off is and playing a championship golf course. I mean, you were, I was not ready. It's it's, if you want the proof that John Rom can handle his emotions, that's what he did. I guarantee you it was difficult for him even uh, winning the golf tournament. So that's hard, but I did nothing. I did nothing well this week um, mentally and, especially on Friday. So it's just like you get, you get beat. So if you're not going to be perfect physically, you better be pretty good mentally. And I'm just throwing shots away while also not playing like amazing golf. And like, that's what, that's what the best in the world don't do. And that's what I, I wasted. You look at Xander Shoffley, who is, you know, one of my favorite golfers to watch. And the guy played horrible for him on Thursday and shoots a couple under Friday, couple under Saturday, couple under Sunday. Oh, look at that. I got 13th place. It's like, Max, at some point, you got to figure out that you don't need to shoot six under every day to have a good day. You don't need to birdie every par five just because you got there in two. You need to stop wasting a shot here and there and know that over the course of 72 holes, it will add up. But that's the stuff. But that that that's why it's a, that's a great question of what being off feels like. It's just you, you're not helping yourself. What's Joe saying to you on, if you don't mind sharing a little bit, what's Joe say to you on Friday? Or how is he trying, you know, to do his job? And to kind of break you from, you know, you being in a negative mental space. I mean, how how is he trying to get you kind of to crack out of it, if you will? Yeah, he'll say here and there, 
um, you know, like after I doubled five, I hit the fairway on six. He always, uh, he didn't, I actually didn't caddy cut six. So maybe that's kind of what he did. He walked back there with me and walked on the tee because typically he just gives me a driver on that hole, but he walked back, uh, knowing that I probably needed not to spiral, but I was fine there. Hit the fairway, uh, hit the green, uh, pretty good shots, like 15 feet. And he said, you're hitting it way too good. Like, don't, don't worry about this. Cause I was honestly hitting it, hitting it well. And, um, and I make the birdie putt and he, you know, he's gassing me up saying, you know, Jordan was playing by a speed and he goes, you know, that's a Jordan speed thing, like a bounce back. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that felt good, whatever. And then I miss a couple short putts in a row. And again, like, I wouldn't say I'm spiraling by any means, but um, I'm frustrated, but I'm not outwardly frustrated. And then I got to 11 and just had a brain fart from the right rough, got there in two bad second shot, but got there in two. I had a really difficult chip, but nothing crazy. I mean, worst case scenario, I thought it would roll just off the back edge and then I'd have a uphill putter chip, whatever. And I had a brain fart. I flew the, I, I literally flew a pit. Like it was a really weird stance lie, whatever, but I mean, I flew it like 20 yards further than I was trying to. I flew the green. I'm trying to land on the very front edge. I don't know what happened. And then I lost it. Like my, my brain went a million places. Uh, I started thinking about the cut for some reason, even though I was inside it by like a trillion, um, like I, I'm thinking about the wrong things. And at this point, and Joe and I've talked about it uh, in other situations, but at, at this point, like I've gone back and forth in my head. Like I want Joe to say something, yell at me, stop being a baby. But at the same time, I don't think that he has room to like, I'm, I'm not in a, I'm not giving him room to, to speak really. I'm rushing. I'm going through things, you know, 13, I end up par in 12, 13. I make another bogey, hit a bad chip. And I mean, I'm throwing a club on the ground. I'm kicking it. Like I'm just being not, I'm being a brat. So it's like, I wouldn't, if I was Joe, like, what was he going to say? Like, get it together. Right. I mean, he, yeah. he would tell me at different times, like, he, you know, you could tell by his tone, how he'll say something. It's like, get, get back in gear. Um, even like, you know, 14, I grabbed five iron off the tee and I'm like walking over and I, we hadn't talked about anything. I just grabbed it. And then, you know, he goes, I don't like that club before I hit it. And I was like, okay. And I walked over and he's, he's like, it's six iron. And even that, like I, Again, I'm not trying to sabotage my round intentionally, but I am basically by having a terrible attitude. And he, you know, he knew that five iron was not the right club. Um, it was going to be a little close to the water. And, you know, he could have just let me hit the thing, but he's like, well, you know, I'm not letting you do that. Basically, right. this is all like, you know, obviously read between the lines. And then, you know, um, attitude got a little bit better. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, got some fight back a little bit and um still freaking out too much but 18 yeah like hit a great drive hit a hit a good second shot and we just both of us i feel i don't know i didn't talk to him about it but i feel like we both played it played the number wrong tried to be a little cute uh, instead of just hitting the green whatever and then but you know he still really gassed me up he you know had 40 feet for par and he was you know he's he's being super positive. He's like, will this thing in dude? Like, come on, like, will it in? And just, I hadn't made a putt outside of like eight feet. So I wasn't going in, but, um, he's trying his best, but I, I don't, I've told him a million times, like I don't give him enough room to say, Hey, like get out of your own way. Um, and that's something I need to get better at. I've been pretty good, honestly, for the last couple of years or at least a year and a half, but, uh, Friday was a low, low point, but it's just, it's hard game, man. You can, um, criticize all you want and I would take it, but it's just hard. You know, you get beat up a little bit, um, over, over the course of time for like a month and a half. Uh, and, uh, it's just like a, it's a very punishing game. Um, 
mentally. So that that that's it. And and it must be punishing for Joe as well. I don't know. I don't know how he can stand there and and deal with it too. But um, he does, and you know, he's obviously always in my corner. But um, you have to give your you can't have a hissy fit and expect your caddy to just to like snap you out of it. At some point, right. your caddy's like, "All right, dude, you're digging your own hole here. I'll get, you, I'll get, I'll you're keep a man, you the good numbers, adult. and I'll yeah. talk you. Yeah, you're an adult. Like you're not acting like one, but you're an adult. So, um, you need to, you need to figure that out because it's not like Joe's gonna come over and be like, "Hey, buddy, like you know, it's gonna be okay." Right. It's like I'm not wasting my, I wouldn't waste my time <laughs> with somebody acting like that either. So. Um, but yeah, he does a great job. It's just, I just don't know what you can do. I've never seen a caddy be able to step in. There's times when you're rushing and he could be like, yo, like chill out a little bit. He's done that to me before. It's been early. I'm like, yeah, like, why am I freaking out? But other times it's like, you know, like this time it was just like, dude, you're like, it's, it wasn't like, let me go. But it's, it's almost like when you're, when your kid is crying, it's like, let him just tucker himself out. Like he'll be back in a minute. And that's kind of what I do. But again, like where it could have been bad is if I hit that five iron in the water on 14 instead of hitting six, like, but he goes, that's the wrong club. Even though he knows that I'm not trying to sabotage, but I'm not talking. I'm not listening. I'm just grabbing stuff and going. And it's like, all right, got me back in the mode of like, we're still trying to play golf here. So we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast, How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, Max, I got some good news. Are you ready for some good news? I would love some good news. I just had some good news come across the wire. 
Is that a is that still a saying? Do people still say that? <laughs> Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna go with it. Um, I've I've been refreshing our Aeon Risk Reward Challenge stats oh, uh, while we've been recording this podcast. You were tenth last week, Max. You were tenth on the Aeon Risk Reward. It looked like we might be losing the opportunity here for for a huge win. Uh, and your play, I you know. The PGA Tour isn't showing which hole it is anymore on the website. <laughs> so I have no idea. I had to go look up this week what it was two years ago and just assumed it was 15 again, which you birdied both days. I'm guessing it was 15 because you have jumped to a tie for fourth in wow. the Aon Risk Award. But listen, listen to this. More good news. Tyrrell Hatton is above you, but he has... What it says six rounds to go. Oh, they they changed that, so he's good. Oh, yeah, dang. Um, I don't know if there's a hole at Minnesota this week. I don't know if they're doing it this week. So, do they have like a sign or anything? I might be you guys? stuck in mud. No, this is the least publicized. Well, that's what I'm contest. asking. I mean, You're I feel bad for, for Aon. I mean, this is it's BS, man. I, I feel like. You know, this is another just like bummer. Like something I'm I'm fourth in the whole world at is the Aon Risk Reward Challenge, and we don't even know how it works. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was I what I just pulled up the link I looked at, and um, and it was uh, it was a it was an article from two years ago. So yeah, um, if anybody at Aon, which we have proudly promoted, for I mean, a long goodness, time, just let me know what hole it is. Yeah, if you have any information on this, don't tell Nick Taylor, don't tell Rory McIlroy. Definitely don't tell Tyrrell Hatton, but and don't tell Abraham Answer because he's tied with you. But let Max and I know, or anybody that listens to the podcast, just tell them to pass the information along. Because I, I think the only regular season tour event I'm playing before the end of the season is the is next week because I'm playing this in the PGA and then I'll be done for oh, till no. playoffs. So I really need to know if there's a hole this week, or else okay. I might have to like. See if I can only play one hole a day at the Wyndham. <laughs> I have an I have an I have an idea. I have just a different. This is a whole different theory okay. for how you should play this week. And again, I don't want to overstep the boundaries here, and I don't want to take Joe's place. Please, but this is good golf advice. Just birdie all the holes because <laughs> it's got to be one of them, right? Man, seventy two under sounds like it's pretty. It'll be a pretty good week. But Matt Wolf played good there last year, and he might he might win. Oh, I have a little <laughs> nugget. I don't know if this is actually happening, but I may be doing then I got asked to possibly do that little nine hole charity, charity thing they've been doing practice round. So I might be able to do that. Um, but I have a lot of flights this week, Shane. Okay, I was okay, flighting it up. I mean, I Not was flight club 23. Hey, wait, real quick. Would, would you let's let's since we're staying positive here before we get into your flights, do you mind just giving us like a, a quick couple of minute rundown of you're two weeks in Columbus, and I want mostly positive stuff. Yeah, Grater's ice cream is unbelievable. There you go. What they, kind of what flavor? S'mores is the best. We got five different flavors yesterday. S'mores is the best. <laughs> it's literally like it messed me up mentally. Uh, Hubbard <laughs> said the same thing. Like it messed us up because it's like a marshmallow wrapped in ice cream that take you can, you can taste the cookie like or, or the cracker like you can really taste it but it's like the texture was so bizarre it was so good like so that was awesome um uh the golf course Muirfield is truly like unbelievable major uh, venue would you yeah, say it could I mean, do them, I don't major know easily? how they don't have them there like I guess because they have they have this event but my gosh like it's just it's crazy how fast they made it so hard between last week and this week. I thought last week was fairly difficult, but like this week was brutal. 
Um, all they did was dry, you know, dry out the golf course. Obviously, they got lucky without getting a ton of rain, but they got a little bit, man. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. Um, you played Sciota anywhere else? Got to play Sciota. I played uh, Wedgwood and I played Kinsale. They were all great. Wedgwood was cool. They did a there was a first tee um, or a U.S. Kids Golf Tournament there that day, and it was really fun to see a bunch of kids grinding. I love that stuff. Uh, also. Some of these parents, man, <laughs> I could just tell from a hundred yards away, you're way too intense. Let the kid play. I wanted to walk over if there wasn't COVID. I, I would have asked one of them if I could caddy for him for nine holes and give them a break from their parent. And then I could help them a little bit more than they were clearly <laughs> not helping. But uh, that was fun to watch, though, because I love, you know, seeing the kids, kids loving golf. That was that was probably the highlight of my week. If I had anything, that'd be my feel good Friday because I, I, you know, it's we hear a lot of like doomsday stuff about the grow the game. It's not growing, but it's growing. That was, that was fun. It's always a pick me up. Um, Oh, also uh, Shane, um, you know, I actually, so I did a bad job of being off Twitter. thought I could do it. I couldn't. So wait, wait, what were you doing? Did, did you, did you download the app quickly? What day did the app No, I, I never deleted it because I realized it's like an excuse. This is like a drug addict, I guess, saying that like, I don't, you know, I don't need it. I just, makes me happy or something i don't know uh, but yeah i was like oh i realized that i could turn off my mentions like if i didn't follow you so i was like oh if i don't follow somebody i'm gonna turn off the mentions i was like well that's a great idea because then i can still be on twitter and not see all the mean stuff people say or whatever or the negative stuff and then uh on friday uh i finish or whatever and i i go on my phone and i was pretty bummy and i mean i got the meanest dm i have ever gotten it was wow. foul um, from a person you follow no 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 so i guess i could get dms from not i don't know so i read it and i'll stew and i almost told that guy where what to do with his life i didn't though and i finally deleted that message and uh again i don't know that these things affect me like directly but i was that was a very mean thing to say whatever didn't matter well joel damon was uh being like the great friend that he is, but he sent me like this uh, chapter of this book. I, th I I cannot remember exactly the whole background, but it was like a Russell Wilson book. Uh, I'll try to go through this fast. Russell Wilson book. I think it was his buddy, super optimistic, mystic guy. I think he must be some sort of like public speaker or, 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 or um, trainer or something for, for Russell. And um, talks about how he's an incredibly positive human. His dad had a bunch of rules. You can't watch the news. You can't do this and that. Like it's a bunch of intake. Can't intake a lot of things that could ever cause like um, kind of frustration or, or, or negativity. So he lived by that. And he said at one point he wanted to, he was talking to somebody, Navy SEAL or something. And he said to try to stress test your uh, emotions by actively in taking the negative things you sh you 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 have been avoiding, so he basically said for he decided that every day he was going to watch like an hour of news from a news channel he does not like. He was going to just do all these things that were were, were negative, and he was going to stress test his emotions and see if he could like beat out beat it out with the positive. He said it took twenty six days for him to break, like completely break. He said he was like calling like like uh, priests at at churches asking if he can meet because he was struggling so bad. And basically, Joel sent it to me because his buddy John had sent it to him saying that, it, you know, he, he looks at this as Twitter. Now, part of this I find 
with the with this chapter I don't find realistic. I don't think that you can just avoid the news. Like I feel like that's kind of a you know if your goal is to just be the best athlete, let's say or the most positive person in the world, like, yes, avoid all that. But like, as humans, in my opinion, like we are here to like better the world and push forward, uh, you know, with each, you know, each generation we have. So without watching any news, I, I mean, whatever you think of the news, I mean, some of it's nuts, but like we should like most know of it's things. nuts. Yeah. Most, most of it's of nuts, it's but nuts. we should know what's going on. Like you shouldn't just avoid all negative things like that. That's right. a wild way to live. However, uh, the moment I finished reading the article, I went on my Twitter and I just logged out and I was like, all right, like this is clearly unhealthy. Like if this guy, this guy is is starting at zero. So like he's like a baby because uh, he's never had any of this in his life um, as far as like the the news, just like depressing stuff just hitting you or frustrating stuff just hitting you or people telling me what that guy told me. Like he hasn't had that because he has been actively avoiding it. I've been actively like taking it on. So I'm used to it in my head. I feel used to it. And I, I think I mentioned last week, I don't think that's a good thing, especially after reading this article. It's like, that can't be a healthy thing, but we all just become like numb to it. And and it's just like when my sister or my wife will say like, man, like I hate what these people are saying. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's like, maybe it is a big deal. So I, I finished that article. And I just went straight on, on or not article, the chapter of the book. And I just went straight on and I logged out and I haven't been on three days. And it is weird. I missed so much of it. Like I really missed like today would have been fun with the, the chipping thing, like or with the ball moving. Cause like, I know people would have been freaking out. I could just picture no laying up just like between now, like 87 different things. I also didn't know till like late that it actually did become a penalty that like they did penalize John. Like, cause I didn't know that cause right. TV was off. Like, you know I mean? The golf was off. So it's not like they could double back on it. So, or at least I didn't see it. So it's been weird, but at the same time, like I've spent my days, not a lot of time, but when I, go on my phone to like look at something because it's like a habit you know i'll just look and go to click twitter but it's not up there i will um like think of i I did some stuff on my phone i did these like self affirmations and i'll go into my phone and read those instead of like reading the twitter things uh, or just looking at mindless stuff now i mean once sports starts back up i might need to get it back because i need like (laughs) that's how i watch like the dodgers half the time because they have a great twitter account but I don't know if I could keep doing this. I won't do it. But I just I I thought I was better than than, you know, deleting it. But I'm not. And it's just it's one thing when I'm playing good. It doesn't feel that hard. But I mean, this dude. And it's not just him, but like people, it's just it's gross that people think they can say the things they can say just because I didn't. It was just another fantasy dude. And it's just unbelievable. So I was over it. It's crazy how. Here's what I don't understand about this. And I mean, this is a way bigger issue that I know plenty of people way smarter than you and I have talked about a lot and and published books. But what I've never understood about the online harassment thing is, is who, who are these people? Like, who is at home so obsessed with their golf fantasy team that a guy plays poorly for one round? I mean, you played well on Thursday. You had, you know, four or five bad holes and he wants to come to you, to you as, as personally as he can, as close as he can get personally. I mean, he is the, the DMing you is nose to nose of online, right? I mean, it's as close as they can get. They don't know your email address. They don't know your phone number. Like who, what person does this? You know, I, I just, I don't understand a, the person that's out there 
that has so much negativity boredom i guess i mean i guess i mean how how bored do you have but to be what's to the you up joy and... i just don't get the that's, joy that's right. of it that's like, right what's i the get joy? being i i've said things to to like jokingly to like about other like my teams or other teams that like lost where i'm like oh you're you're a bum or whatever but i would never act, i don't actually believe it and i would never say it to them now there's a difference between poking fun at me and even if it's too mean for me to think it's funny like i could see how it's funny somebody tweeted at me this week that uh you know i was i already looking up uh you know or when i post my tea times they said oh so you can get a you know so you're looking up saturday flights home which uh, or saturday charters home or whatever and i was like first off it's a terrible fucking joke because i'm not going home i'm going to minnesota second of all the tour already booked some for monday so again it's a bad joke and, and third of all like at least i could afford a charter and you cannot so like terrible joke now it's put all terrible. things aside it was pretty funny like i could i could see the humor did i think it was funny no but like that one wouldn't be something where i'm like mad at that's funny like that that has humor to it it's this, an attempt at a joke it's an attempt at a joke this guy who dm me none of it was funny it was like it was it was just like straight up harassment and it's all because his I screwed up his fantasy team for him to chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. So I, I, again, like, I just don't get, I don't get who, who could be friends with somebody like that. I don't get who could date somebody like that. I don't get, I don't even get someone whose family, your mom has to call you at some point, but what'd you do today, honey? I mean, would you lie and say you went, you know, out and helped kids or do you tell the truth and say, oh, no, I wasn't at the YMC helping kids. Like I went on Twitter, though, and there's this kid, Max Homa. You probably haven't heard of him, uh, but I have because I do fantasy sports and I have this Twitter thing. And so I went on his DMs after tweeting him the exact same thing. And I redoubled down on it and told him that he cost me one hundred thousand dollars and I never I never roster him again. And he's such a bum because he made two bogeys uh, or two double bogeys on (laughs) par fives that is pathetic like your was your mom say like honey that is awesome what a great day you've had man would you like yeah you want me to make bake you a cake my mom would literally i don't even know what my mom would do halfway through that sentence my mom would hang up and 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 maybe call the cops for just to see if she could get me arrested just be really disappointed it's so it's so it's so like sad so like for so long i didn't want to give anybody like the benefit of feeling like you like beat me down out of it and i also wanted to talk back to them to basically say like you can't just say this with no repercussion but all these people don't have a face they don't have they have no value in in life uh as far as this twitter thing goes so all they're doing is sucking uh fun out of what i'm like of my life uh I shouldn't have to play a bad round of golf. And the first thing I have to not have to see the first thing I'm subjecting myself to is a potential person like that telling me that I did suck that week. And it's like, yeah, I already knew that in my head. Like I'm not happy about it. And sure. Like what they're saying doesn't actually make me mad. It may be mad that he, like that person has that in him. Like it just didn't like, like just like what we mentioned that you took time out of your day to do that. But it's just like, it's more on me. It's like, why, why are you, why are you subjectors of that? And then also to this uh, book's point, like there's so many other things that we're seeing that are negative. You know, we flipped on the news here after golf a couple of days ago or la- last week. I don't know. Last week or early this week. Which and, like, TV, we, the left TV or the right? <laughs> the TV, downstairs TV. We have two floors. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, 
And uh, we forgot that it was on. And I watched for like 30 seconds to a minute, forgetting like what that it, we thought it was like a commercial to golf, basically. And it was just like another person died, another person died. And I'm like, wow, this is really negative. And uh, again, like you have to honor those people or whatever. But like the news structure is just to keep you watching. And this article or this uh, I keep saying article, this chapter is basically just saying like none of this is healthy. Like none of this helps you feel like a, a positive uh, emotion. Like it just constantly weighing you down. We have so much turmoil going on and I want to keep learning about it. But I don't think that social media is the way I need to be learning about it. I think I need to be reading more books uh, about these movements. Um, I need to be doing my own research on my own. Um, you know, on my own searches instead of just seeing opinions from, you know, people with, you know, no avatar or who, you know, shitbag, whatever that tweeted at me. Like, I don't need to be reading <laughs> what he's writing. Like, it doesn't, none of that it, is it's it, not consumption helpful. is healthy. So no. it's not healthy. It, it's not helpful to your point. Like, I'm not learning. Am I learning anything? Half the stuff I say that I've read off that if it's not about sports, I'll say and so be like, no, you should see this article. I'm like, all right, why did I read that? Like, because it, it's not only depressing it's wrong half the time to just a dis whole whole mess i have a few more flights though that are not as depressing shane you look like you might have frozen blink twice if you uh if you're still there i don't know if you are i'm gonna keep talking uh best thing i heard this week um that they might be fixing the 16th hole shane 16th hole is the firmest hole in the entire world uh it literally turned purple on Friday, I don't think you're there anymore, so I feel like I'm going to stop. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, having a, having some Wi-Fi issues over here in the uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It, you know what, Max? I think I'm changing Wi-Fi providers. Starting. You probably Monday should. Morning. You froze in like the in a great position, though. Most people did you freeze take a picture? Really, and no, but it was not come bad. on, man. Um, so for a minute, I, I thought I was going to come back, so I just kind of kept running through what I was saying, <laughs> and then I realized that the recording thing stopped. <laughs> you just thought I was I was real still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have some flights. I want to get to these before my Wi-Fi goes out again. So could you okay. mind running through some of your flights? I'll run through them fast. Best thing I heard this week that they might be fixing the 16th green at Muirfield. Love the golf course. The 16th green, from all accounts, has never really softened. It is so firm. On Friday, this was only Friday. Um, it was like purple already. Like the thing was so firm. <laughs> so they just got it. It's a great hole, but like if you can't hold the green, it's kind of, it just, I don't think you should always be able to hit the ball to like two feet, but like you shouldn't all just have to hit it over the green. Then it makes not a lot of sense because all the creativity goes out the window. So that was a good thing I heard. Worst thing you, I heard you, this by, week, the, by the way, by the way, you had the, the, that Friday pin. And I, I was, like I said, I was, I was in California with the family, but I, when I was back in the, in the, you know, hotel room, we'd turn it on occasionally. That was that when the pin was left. Yeah, middle left. So the guys were having to hit it a foot over the water. Yes, and then it would bounce over the back of the green. Yes, that was the I mean, best case scenario. All you do. I hit it pin high right because I landed on the front of the green and just decided to go forty feet right instead of forty feet long. <laughs> I mean, that was like that was the thought process. So I mean, it was cool that it was hard, but it, that green just needs to be softer. And they moved it up a tee. So I'm glad that they're. I think they're fixing that green. The worst thing I heard this week, which is also tied for the best thing I heard this week, is apparently last week after uh, on Sunday after uh, the work day where JT and Colin Morikawa battled, and obviously Colin Colin won. I guess uh, Jack Nicholas was flying out here, and they didn't have great Wi-Fi, and he saw that JT made that 60-footer on 18, and apparently he texted him thinking he won and said congrats on winning the workday, and he didn't win. <laughs> That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> That's my biggest fear for me ever saying something to you, you know, like texting you. Say you're like 15 holes done with the round and you're like seven under and I'm leaving the house. Like, Man, great playing. And you finish oh, double doubles and you're so pissed at me for this text. But you're like not really mad, but you're just mad at everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be bad. I guess I'm going to say that uh, Jack probably gets a pass. I'm gonna oh, guess. he gets a pass. Yeah, Probably gets a pass. If you're Jack Nicholas, uh, you probably get a pass on on, on You've a text earned of your buddy. Yeah, if, if and also you're old so i mean that's an old thing to do that's yeah part it's of, all that's good part of that, how it happens. wi-fi i mean it goes out sometimes when you're older um uh, <laughs> all right best shot i saw someone hit this week this is it unequivocal this will be the winner for the whole year this might be the best shot i've ever seen in my life uh we're playing practice on tuesday me wait hubs. wasn't the rom shot okay good no me hubs and uh windham clark are playing a practice run together on tuesday we play the front nine we get to seven par five is that his nickname by the way real quick is hubs the nickname i call him hubs so wait it's wait it, i now you've mentioned him two podcasts in a row like that's well, these are the first two playing mentions. together all so week are you guys like new are you new pj tour besties no we've always been friends but now we actually like we all like 
hung out <laughs> getting ice cream together yeah, yeah, playing cream golf together. together watching your multiple tvs together anyway, go ahead. uh so uh mr mark hubbard uh aka homeless <laughs> hubs i guess i didn't make it up he's his instagram um so uh we're on seven par five it's a good drive it's a bad second shot short right in uh in like the 50 yard short bunker terrible spot Wyndham is short left, not in a very good spot. And I am in the perfect spot just over the back of the green. I'm going to make birdie. I'm going to beat them. I'm going to, I'm going to be super rich. Um, Mark, we get up there and his ball is not in the bunker. It's like in the right face of the bunker. So he's standing in the bunker. The ball's like up by his like chest and chin. And he's got like 50, 60 yards <laughs> and he's taking these back swings while he's taking them. I'm in the back bunker, like watching while he's taking them. I'm laughing because he's aiming like 30 yards right of the pin. And he's taking these swigs. Like the ball looks like it could go a hundred yards. It could go four feet. Like, you know, it's one of those, you could hit it high on the face and go nowhere. Well, he swings and it goes up and it hooks and it lands like 12 feet from the hole. So softly rolls out and goes in. It may have rolled a foot by had it missed the hole. May have rolled a foot. By. It went in. It went in. No one said a word. I went down to my knees and I swear to God, I was processing how good it was. Like I was trying to run through my like catalog of best shots I've seen before, before I made like an incredibly hyperbolic statement by saying that this is the best shot I've ever seen, but it was the best shot I've ever seen. And no one said anything kind of laughed. Mark was kind of laughing because it was so absurd. And I knew that by saying all of this on this podcast, I talked to Mark about this. I knew that I could not do it justice with how I explained it. And I don't even <laughs> care because I feel so fortunate that I got to see it. It was impossible. So if you're in the position, you Max Homa, if you're in that position, if how many of the of 10 shots are you getting on the green? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, hey, this is just the worst technological experience of my life. Uh, if you had 10 shots there, how many are you getting on the green? <laughs> I would say like a few. I can't stop laughing at your Wi-Fi. It's unbelievable. I need you to you know constantly what? be moving so I know if you froze or not. All right, I'll just keep waving my hands. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you, you, you've been gone from your house in Arizona for how long? Oh, like over, well, over a month, probably a month and a half. So I was, I left the house for a week and I do feel like when you return, nothing works. Anymore. I think it all goes on vacation. It's like, oh, everything. We, get to breathe. So we walked in the house. We were in our house for less than 30 seconds. And my wife goes, light bulbs out. Oh, I'm God. Like, I'm, I'm unloading the it hasn't car. hasn't been on in forever. I'm unloading the vehicle. What are we doing here? But uh, anyway, so uh, that's the best shot, and it's and it's in the and it's in the running for greatest shot in the history of golf. It might be the best I've ever seen, and it was so funny. It was on a Tuesday, and then my last—I don't even know what flight this would be in. I, it didn't really fit. When I guess it could just let's be come up with a name. Let's shot. come up with a name for it. Uh, why, right. why don't you present it, and I'll I'll try to come up with a name if my wife buys it. All right, Tiger Time. <laughs> okay, Tiger okay. Time. Let's go. Uh, I was cooling down after the uh, uh, Thursday round. And wait, what does this entail? This sounds like a, this sounds like something you need to expand on. Well, like I, hit, I was hitting ball, like hitting, like just having like a cool down practice after the, after the round on Thursday, like one of those mint towels they bring around <laughs> when you play like one of the desert courses yes, in the exactly. summer. They're okay, cool. You had that down. on your neck. Uh, I had it around my neck while I was hitting a few balls working on <laughs> shots and uh tiger was hitting next to us, warming up to go out to play the first round. I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't really warmed up to him next to him too much couple times but it just reminded me i mean 
uh Wyndham's caddy was going nuts he's like I just want him to hit one bad one <laughs> like because they're all the same like they're just so good my coach was here he was freaking out it's just I try to explain it like this I've hit balls next to Rory who is I think kind of the probably the most wow partially because he's not incredibly big and he hits it so far and his swing is so fast and it's so imbalanced whatever and the ball just is different the difference is, is that when Rory hits your jaws kind of on the ground because of what you're watching the ball do, Tigers, it's on the ground because I feel like you could stand out on the range with a, a baseball glove and he could be hitting these three woods we were watching him hit and you wouldn't really move your glove at all. Like it almost looks like it's going in the exact, it's, it's Rory's is high and far, right? Like Tigers is like, the most precise thing you've ever seen. Like, and I don't know how to explain it like perfectly. You're, you're saying Rory wows you for what the ball does. Tiger wows you for what the ball doesn't do. It just, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Cause yeah. Rory's is like, man, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Tiger is more like, if you watch 10 of them, you're like, yeah, if you just watch one tiger shot and one Rory shot, you might be more impressed with Rory's now. Maybe not, but like, like, you know, Tigers are still really impressive, but you watch Tiger hit 10 of them and you're like, like, oh, this is so dumb. Like it flies the exact same. Like I would almost bet if you put a trackman down, it would say the same number. Like you would think it's frozen like this Wi-Fi. Like, like our it would be stuck. Maybe his swing is like my Wi-Fi right now. Um, oh, my God. It, it was so beautiful. And it was so funny that Wyndham's or Wyndham's caddy, John Ellis, was just like, I just want him to mess up once. Just hit just a bad like, one. Just like to like maybe just don't hit the middle like perfectly one time. But it was wild. And then, yeah, and then he birdied one. Oh, last thing uh, for uh, I'm done talking. Um, this is how scared Vegas is of Tiger. Tiger was 26 to one to win this tournament before the week. He birdied number one. And went to 10 to 1 to win. Come on. <laughs> Come on. He didn't win. I wonder if he gets DMs from people yelling at him for not winning. I don't think he cares. I think he's a little tougher. Well, that'll do it for this week's Get a Grip. Big apologies. Uh, major Wi-Fi issues in the Bacon household. It's never good when you pay for premium internet. And the person that co-hosts the podcast is staying at a little home. And his Wi-Fi is much better than yours. But that's where we at. we're at. I'm looking at my router right now, and it's red, meaning nothing's working. Thanks for listening. Uh, big thanks to Max for jumping on. And, uh, and yeah, the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge. We're excited about seeing what happens with that. If you know what hole it is this week, please send it our way as, uh, as that thing is about to wrap up. And we're looking at the top five, trying to get to one. As Max loves to say, please wash your hands. We'll be back next week. See you guys. with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. 
It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.